Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. What movie has the coolest aliens? Alien. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Makes sense. Hello and welcome to Legitimate Likes, the podcast where we take a look at some of humanity's most popular fascinations and we try to work out, are they really worthy of the hype? They may be likes, but are they legitimate likes? My name is Hugh. And I'm not joined by my co-host Will. Will is away this week, um, so I'm delighted to be joined by a guest co-host, which is very exciting. Uh, podcaster, journalist, broadcaster, Jack Horgan Jones. Hi, Jack. Hi, Hugh. How are you? I'm great. How are things? You, you're a, you're, you're a real podcaster. You do this, you do this too for a much more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't have my own podcast, but I do go on the Irish Times Politics Podcast. A few times a month. Um, so yeah, ain't my first rodeo, as they say. No. But it is, it is the first time we're talk- I'm talking about Independence Day on a podcast. Strangely, hasn't come up on a current affairs podcast recently. No, I was going to say, yeah, when, when you were approached, you know, as I suppose a, a politics expert to be on a podcast, did you assume that it was going to be? Actually, do you know what? I'm going to rephrase the question. Which do you think you have more expertise in? Politics or the 1996 movie Independence Day? That's a really hard question. I would say, on balance, politics, but only just, and only because of a kind of recency bias in my experience. Yeah, I would yeah, say, yeah, yeah. Cum- cumulatively, I've probably spent as much or more time watching, uh, thinking about uh, Independence Day or playing with toys when I was a much younger person uh, that were issued by the franchise. And there is there is a crossover as well, I guess. In well, that. presidential politics, yeah, right. President President Whitmore. We're halfway through Whitmore's term, and what he's he's not polling too well, but he is the sexiest president. Is that what? Uh... Yes, he. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I watched it last night, uh, I can tell you that his approval rating, as cited in the movie by his chief of staff Connie, cannot remember her second name, but the approval rating was forty percent. Which I don't think is actually that bad in approval. No, that's for that's US president. <laughs> uh, Joe Biden would love to. Joe Biden is about thirty-two, I think. Yeah, it's five thirty-eight. Forty. It's forty percent as well. Oh my god, does that herald some sort of alien innovation? <laughs> no, I think it just means. What's that interference think, on the line? People actually think Biden is a lot sexier than we know. You know. Well, yes. Speaking of sexier than we know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Will isn't here this week, but unfortunately, we do have Anya and uh, Michael, our two um, producers. Hi, guys. How are things? Good. It's very exciting to have Jack here because it's like it is a real person, but it's a bit like having Jeremy Paxman on to talk about RoboCop or something. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, Michael. How, how I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. Yeah, I'm buzzing after that relatively positive introduction, Hugh. I'm buzzing after being compared to, to Jeremy Paxman. It's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My many online yeah. detractors will be horrified. <laughs> yeah, do you get do you get hate mail? Do you get fan mail? Do you get what what's your what's your Twitter 
engagement like? There's a quantum of, of hate online, I think, for every um, shill of the mainstream media. So I'm no <laughs> exception to that. But um, I certainly don't get as many, uh, as much invective as, as some of my colleagues, um, possibly because I'm uh, less and less active on social media. <laughs> I thought you were going to say because you're, you're less and less female as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, indeed. Yeah, my, my female colleagues do get it in the neck uh, to an outsized extent. Yeah. What's the weirdest comment you've ever got? And I don't mean that in a creepy way. I mean it in like, what's the most bizarre thing anyone's ever said to you on Twitter? Ideally, with reference to something you've spoken about in politics. There's a niche question for you. <laughs> Who's Jeremy Paxman now? <laughs> Why did you say Paxman like Pac-Man? Paxman? Paxman! <laughs> you got bitten by a radioactive Pax. <laughs> yeah, any strange things people have said to you? Oh, I'm sure there are. There's so many, but I just flushed them down the memory hole. I, I had a thing. I had a thing. This wasn't hate mail, but speaking of strange things people did, I went for a run last week. I was standing outside my house stretching afterwards. And Why tr- didn't you go into your house to stretch? I mean, it was a hot day. It's a hot day, you know? All right, okay. <laughs> it's, uh, but, uh, Not an answer to the question. But when I, tr- <laughs> when I turned around, I turned around quite quickly because I, you know, I stretch, you know, I stretch fast. And uh, there was a guy standing across the other side of the road with a, a, I wouldn't call it a telephoto lens, but definitely an extended camera, taking a photo of me, which I thought was unusual. And um, did he comment? Did he pass comment? He was far enough away that I couldn't talk to him, uh, which perhaps explains the telephoto lens. But then uh, when he, as soon as I turned around, he just dropped it and started walking on. Which I thought was he unusual. He dropped it? Did he, he, like, he dropped drop it, to, it on the Dropped it to his side. Dropped it to his side. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. um, what were you wearing? Standard running, standard running gear. So Santa Claus hat, uh, <laughs> a choker, um, stupid sexy I, Flanders <laughs> outfit. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very tight shorts. Yeah, and uh, yeah, flip flops. You were delighted with that, Michael. Don't lie. even for me, even for. I feel like a celebrity. I, I no, I don't. I was just, I was, I was taken aback. I was taken aback. What kind of stretch were you doing? Standard, uh, standard quad stretch. <laughs> Actually, I don't really know where my quads are, so... You get shouted at years ago about your running shorts. In Stevens Green, on the radio. Someone commented on you on the radio, didn't they? I did, I did, I did. So when I started running, I couldn't get it right. I couldn't get the type of shorts right. So I st- when I first started running, I was running in basketball shorts. No, which hang are... on a sec, Michael. Yeah. Sorry, go back to that now yeah. again. Jack, <laughs> political analyst Jack Horgan-Jones here. Mm-hmm. just want you to comment on Michael's last thing. When I started running, I couldn't get the shorts right. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> what? Like what? I so how do you get shorts wrong? Well, I guess well, that, well, that that would be kind of that would be my thinking on it. Like, I mean, particularly when it's not like elite level running, you know, like you're not whoa, kind whoa, of whoa, 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 looking what? over your shoulder for Sir Mo Farah, um, <laughs> blazing a trail up the inside. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. I don't think there is such a thing as an inappropriate short. For a a casual jogger. Well, I guess I guess I, when I started running, I wasn't sure if I wanted to commit to it, which so I didn't even go and buy the shorts. I I thought I was like I'll give it a month or two, see if I want to get into it. Um, and so anyway, I just went through my current short wardrobe, and I had a pair of basketball shorts, so I started wearing them. But they were okay, below. Stop. Yeah. Stop, Michael. Again. Yeah. So why do you have a pair of basketball shorts? Because you're such a keen, such a keen guy going out looking for buckets every day. Like, why do you have basketball shorts? When did you buy them? No, oh no, did you buy the basketball shorts when you were trying to play GAA? When you got the wrong that time, yeah. or what? Oh. I'm always one off, yeah. I couldn't think of a sport that you could possibly play. <laughs> anyway, what, for whatever reason, I had a pair of basketball shorts. So I went running in those, and my housemate at the time, uh, John, uh, criticised me uh, before I left the house for wearing them, but then he turned out to be right because as I was running around Stevens Green, the I think it was the FM one hundred and four Roadhog was on, and basically the entire side of Stevens Green, they just sledged me for the length of my shorts live on it, live on radio, and I immediately started getting texts from John saying <laughs> I was right because he was also like, never has someone been vindicated publicly so fast, you know. And like, how long were these shorts? Like, is it like when a baby gets shorts and you know they're just like big pirate pantaloons, or is it like when those when those white kids in the wire try selling drugs on the corners? Like, did you look like? Is it was that what you like? it was kind of like that. It was down. It was down. It was like an old timey golfer, Hugh. That's kind of where they were. They were right down there. No, you have absolutely no idea what old timey golfers. They did not wear slightly long shorts. Are you talking mid calf? 
Yeah, mid-calf. Yeah, for sure. You're talking mid-calf? For sure. For sure. <laughs> it was effectively a culotte. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I have an unfortunate Twitter outing. I, it's not a... It was weird, actually. So, um, like, this was like a near cancellation, actually, or a brush with cancellation. It was 2020, and I was at a marking which is industry jargon for uh, a press event where, you know, a politician turns up and does something uh, and you go and you observe the doing of the thing and afterwards you get to ask the politician questions of the day and you uh, take that and package it up as news and put it out in the newspaper or on the airwaves. And Leo Varadkar, the Tonishta, was at a shoe shop in uh, <laughs> Grafton Street. And, like, I took a photograph... And like, you know, Varadkar of the novelty sock, you know, the way he, he wore novelty socks as a kind of personality bolt on for a while. And <laughs> and that was that was a thing. And I kind of thought, oh, look here, shoes, socks, whatever. And I put it up with the with the comment, the Tonishta, and I misspelled Tonishta. <clears throat> uh, the Tonishta is buying shoes in Thomas Patrick, disappointing lack of a novelty sock. And, you know, continued about my day, did the doorstep interview and uh, looked at my uh, account to like, there's this terrible thing on Twitter sometimes where you have too many notifications and it just says 20 plus and you know <laughs> something has gone wrong. <laughs> like, oh shit. And it had just been, it, I don't understand how, but the internet collectively had misinterpreted this as me kind of offering up this as a newsworthy event. You know, tarnished it by his shoes. Okay, okay, okay. Inside scoop on same. And I was just getting absolutely slated. There were 153 quote tweets on it. Not retweets, there are only 11 retweets. So people had, had quote tweeted it with abuse largely of me saying, you know, cancelling my subscription to the Irish Times. Um, you know, this is what passes for news these days. Bootlicker, stuff like that. Bootlicker is pretty funny in fairness. <laughs> the shoe tweet. <laughs> but like, yeah, these are the kind of things that like, you, like, and I was just so, I was so taken aback by it because it was such an innocent, blasé, you know, crap joke tweet. And it was just all of a sudden, caught up in this maelstrom of activity. So yeah, that was a, an unpleasant and disorientating mm. experience on Twitter, which is representative, I suppose, to some extent of what the hacks get. But uh, mustn't grumble and all that because we do we do put our hand out to be slapped a little bit. Anya, have you ever been publicly shouted at for your fashion? Uh, are you referencing what happened to me at the weekend? I'm not, but but now you, you actually, were you, you were there. I was, I was there. We were at a wedding. Yeah, yeah. I just, and I yeah. wore a really fluffy pink dress, and a woman came <laughs> up to me cool and said, dress. "You're just a big fluffy chicken," <laughs> and hugged me and went on her way. And you never met this woman before, no. You, know, you wear something a bit out there, and you think, you know, I'm taking a bit of a risk. You know, hopefully it goes down well, and that's what I came. A big away fluffy with. chicken probably isn't what you were going for. A now. big fluffy chicken. Well, I kind of did. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in fairness, she wasn't, know, she wasn't that wrong. No, no, but, no. I thought you were going to say, we can cut this, that she was obviously pilled out of her mind. <laughs> she <laughs> yeah. was, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, I mean, in fairness, I probably did look like a uh, an errant poultry. To uh, her, who yeah. knows what you looked like, yeah. So, this week, talking about 1996 action disaster blockbuster, Independence Day. It's a film that looms large because of its groundbreaking special effects, because of its very 1990s sensibilities, and because it's definitely the one, the, one of the films I think I've seen the most, and maybe all of us have seen the most. Um, also, at launch, it was the second highest grossing film ever. But is it a legitimate like? So we're going to kick off, as always, with a three-question quiz. Actually, Anya, I'm going to ask you to go first in the quiz. You've got a question. Can I ask, is, uh, maybe this is boring, but unless one of the questions in the quiz is this, do we know what the highest grossing film was? It was, was Jurassic Park. At that was time. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen to our episode from two weeks ago. And yeah. hear yeah. what we think we're about that. Working our way through the 90s. So our first question is, uh, I mean, spoiler alert on this movie, that is how many, 30 years old. Um, <laughs> when Randy Quaid, who we'll come back to, later uh kamikazes the mothership no the one of the saucers at the end mm. just before it explodes the the weapon makes a high-pitched noise what iconic sound did the crew manipulate to make that sound was Ooh. it elvis's uh enya's melodic tones in orinoco flow or james brown's iconic screams Oh, I mean, I, I hope it's a medley of all three. That's a question now. That's a question. Jack, before we started recording, you boasted about doing an awful lot of uh, research of trivia. Did you come up on this? Come up on no. this in your no? No, no, I didn't. Um, so I mean, 
I know what my braggadocio is is sorely <laughs> exposed <laughs> to to a lack of research. I know everything. I know nothing. <laughs> was was Anya massive by ninety six? I guess she was, wasn't she? Yeah. Anya's always been massive. She's kind of wasn't Russell um, Russell Case uh, the yeah. pilot yes. played by Randy Quaid. He was kind of he's kind of southern in in mm. origin, wasn't he? Southern United States. Yeah. I mean, I wonder as a homage to. Elvis's own southern heritage would they have taken the yeah, uh-huh. was James Brown southern as well though where was James Brown from? couldn't tell you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well then it's Elvis I guess <laughs> uh-huh. this is not uncommon so you know in Lost when the monster came along they used the sound of I think the taxi cab receipts from New York generating so it's not unusual that sounds would be taken for different things and manipulated it's not, no that's Tom Jones <laughs> 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 will we go Elvis so let's go Elvis He's raising an eyebrow. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were still conferring. Uh, no, it is, in fact, James Brown's iconic screams. Oh. Um, iconic screams, wow. <laughs> I know. And I, my other question that I was working on for quite some time today was, I don't know if you guys know, but the movie was originally marketed as ID4. And sometimes you'll hear the actors talking about it and they refer to it as ID4. And that was because there was a 1983 film called Independence Day and there was a bit of a legal battle between 20th Century Fox and Warner Brothers to get the title. So before that, they had to use kind of working titles and I was trying to come up with some fake ones for you. Mm. So some of the real ones were Sky on Fire, (laughs) The End of the World, Doomsday Invasion. But I came up with Ass Kicking Aliens (laughs) and Stars... Stars, stars, stripes, and aliens. So I knew it wasn't a runner, and I knew you'd, I knew you'd rumble me. Um, uh, well, uh, that'd be a struggle for anyone with a lisp. Um, ass kicking aliens would be great because it could also be AKA. Yeah, and that then, then it wasn't the aliens do. Well, I mean, they did kick. I will come back to well, it. They, they kicked some significant asses before their own. But then asses I knew they couldn't put kicked. ass in a in a title. Not in nineteen ninety six. No, no bottom, bottom prodding mm. aliens. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did they? Yeah, that's my book that I'm working on, actually. <laughs> but I, I don't know if you guys have seen how, what Russell... Uh, no, sorry, what Randy Quaid has been up to recently. No. no. So my husband showed me this yesterday, and I know it sounds like I'm making it up, but he released a sex tape of himself having sex with his wife wearing a Rupert Murdoch mask. Who was wearing the mask? Which <laughs> the wife, <laughs> the wife, because he felt that if Rupert Murdoch was going to... Him, he was gonna. Okay. Oh, it's a commentary. I <laughs> see. Commentary. It's, a, and... it's a very clever commentary. <laughs> was he wearing novelty socks? <laughs> uh, I didn't see the whole thing. So it was just the, the clip of him handing his wife the mask and then them. Um, you, haven't done your, you haven't done your research know, at all. That's the thing you? with any of these things, though, isn't it? It's the, it's the pre game and the post game. Like, whatever about the act that they're involved in, the, the, the admin of like. Where's the mask? Okay, there you are now. You know, like all the getting together of it. Like. Is the camera on? <laughs> and uh, he's a very vocal Trump supporter. So, there you go. His, anyway, full, Mike, na- his full name is also Randy Randall Rudy Quaid. Cra- <laughs> 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 Sounds like a Warner Brothers. Randy character. Randall Rudy Quaid. <laughs> uh, Michael, you've, you've got a couple, of, a couple of questions for us. Yeah, question two. Uh, so this question I'm going to call newspaper headline puzzles uh and this is kind of i guess in honor of jack so what i'm going to do here is give you three headlines which the newspapers of the day likely would have printed had this occurred in real life okay and you have to work out what scene of the movie you say like- okay so you've <laughs> yeah. made them up i've made them up yeah, yeah. Okay. and what you've got to work out what what scene of the movie they're referring to okay this is, this, okay. Th- this this lacks the like you know empiricism of quiz Quiz questions yeah. usually. What, what am I thinking of now? <laughs> so I've gone a bit tabloid here, okay? So uh, so I've got three of them, okay? Jack will be used to that. So, <laughs> are you one of my Twitter detractors, Hugh? <laughs> so what so you gotta you gotta guess the guess the scene, okay? First one. Ace breaks space face. <laughs> I mean, is that what we were just talking about? Yeah. Yeah, Russell, Russell no. flying in. No, okay, no, hang no, on no. Then. Oh no, it's it's Will, it's Will Smith. Um, welcome it's Will to Smith Earth. Boxing the uh, welcome to the welcome to Earth moment. Yeah, Thank welcome you. to Earth. Ace Thank... breaks space face. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> is, is he is he strictly speaking an ace though? How many how many kills? Does he, how many enemy kills does he have in combat? <laughs> that's true. That's true. Like I mean, could he even really claim claim that one as a kill? Like he crashed. 
the thing kind of crashed behind him. <laughs> yeah. He didn't kill it either. They didn't kill it. No, they killed it As with Dr. guns. Dr. Orkin, or whatever his name is, learned to his no, cult. He makes yogurts on you. All right, headline two. Feds, colon. Prez's head shreds, semicolon. Requires meds, semicolon. Says Earth is des res. You understand when I say colon, that's, I'm saying colon, not the word colon. Okay, okay. So, feds, colon. Prez's head shreds, semicolon. Requires meds, semicolon. Says Earth is des res. I mean, I know what scene this is. What's des res, though? Desirable residence. Desirable residence. Thank you, Jack. Oh, sorry. sorry. See, Jack is familiar I'm with this. Money with this. Make my world go round. These are these are the tools of Jack's trade. This is his patois. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know what scene this is. Jack, are you? No, I can't. I can't hold all those words in my head at the same time. <laughs> there's like, <laughs> there's I think an ups- possibly if you only watched the first half last night. I think this is probably second half. But I should. I should have recall of this. If I'm right, I mean, Michael came up with this, so this could be anything. <laughs> Yeah. Could be Can we get fun. it one more time? Because like it, so, it, it oh kind of causes my my, my, my I, I, brain to misfire. I don't can't, say I can't colon. Stop saying colon. Yeah, stop saying colon. I'll take the colon out of it. Okay. <laughs> so, feds, Prez's head shreds, requires meds, says Earth is des res. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah, sorry. This is just after he, um, this is actually around the time that I stopped watching last night. It's when Dr. Uh, Oaken... Um, is possessed, I suppose, by the alien being. And uh, then the alien being uh, kind of goes into President Whitmore's head yes. and tells him what yes. the plan is. Yes. Earth being Des Res, the plan, the plan is to kind of yes. farm or, uh, you know, colonize Earth and yes. take all the natural resources and move on to the next one. Yes, spot on. Nuke them. Let's yeah. nuke the bastards. Based on how yeah. confusing that was the first time, I, I'll just, I'll do you all a favor and I won't, uh, I won't give voice to my punctuation for the rest of the, yes, yes. For the rest of the podcast. Okay. Thank you! Exclamation mark. <laughs> uh, the final one then uh, is I think this is pretty easy. Nerds crack attack with hack. I mean, it's basically well, it's, it's very easy. Like, is there a particular? It's, are you speaking out about a, at, at the? There, there's two possible answers here, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Like we've got, <laughs> it's the one I'm thinking of though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does well, his mean, face say? <laughs> what is it? Is it Jeff Goldblum up- uploading the the virus at the very end? That's it. It's the yeah. entire end. Of That's the what I thought as well. But I mean, you, you could also argue that it's him decode decoding the yeah. the countdown. The oh start. yeah, you could. You could. Yeah. 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 Time's up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the way he has to open his laptop as well to check that is like, surely set an alarm on your phone now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question three. Uh, this is also a three-parter. Um, so Independence Day is just one of many films with the word day in its title. There's a whole mm. day cinematic universe, if you will. And in my mind, these films are all linked. Um, but I'm going to give you a quote from three of these films and you have to name the movie, okay? Oh, I love uh, so I call, I call this round... Quote of the days. You see? Yeah, there you go. Um, so, okay, first quote. You can tell Jack hasn't been on this podcast before. He's much more tolerant of Michael. <laughs> <laughs> can we say um, on your, what your mum said about the podcast? The line I particularly enjoyed was, And Michael, he never rises to you. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? She's right. He's very even-tempered. <laughs> To my credit. Anyway, to my credit. Come on, Michael. What's our quote of the day? Okay, first quote. So what film is this from? Don't you tell me you don't remember me, because I sure as heck fire remember you. Ned. Ryerson. Needle nose Ned. Ned the head. Come on, buddy. I do know this. I do know this. Ned Ryerson, he's, he steps in a puddle. Yeah, he does. Because of this. And he does it more than once. He does it more than once. He meets Ned Ryerson multiple times. Um, but all on the same day. No, I have no I idea. I have no idea what you're talking about. We shall about. not go quietly into the night. We shall not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today we celebrate our Groundhog Day. <laughs> That's who it is. Ned Ryerson. Um, okay, second day movie. Uh, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. I do know this one as well. He was knocking these ones out of the park. I can see a confident head nod. 
in the city where this film was, was shot very recently. He was. He and was. Uh, saw the office where the main character's dad works. Oh, I know. <laughs> the least, the least interesting possible film location from that from that film. Hugh, what is it again? Sorry. It is. Uh, so the quote is: "Life moves pretty fast." If you don't stop and look oh, around. Oh, it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It is. Yeah. It is, it is, it is. What a film. Mm. Um, and then the final question is, or the final quote is, I think this one's a little harder. There is no fate but what we make for ourselves. The remains of the day. Nope. No. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a Gandalf quote. There is no fate but what we make for ourselves. Dazed and confused. <laughs> no, I like I like where your head's at. Uh, give us what, what sort of era is it, Michael? Uh, it's it's also a massive blockbuster. I think it was early, yeah, early nineties. It was a sequel, uh, and it involved um... Toy Story two. No, no. Okay. It was Schindler's List two. <laughs> no, it Schindler's was Day. Terminator two, Judgment Day. Ah, yeah, oh, very yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, the expanded day cinematic universe. Right. Yeah, we're getting that bit in. The reason that sounded so familiar to me, and it's not because I know that film. In fact, I've already forgotten what film it's in, but, um, <laughs> which is not a great not a great advertisement for my uh, brain. capacity. My brain, yeah. What's that thing in here called again? But it's because, and we can't, we can't, we can't use this in case she listens, but uh, I know someone who has that tattooed on them. <laughs> no way. What? That's great. Why? That's great. <laughs> there is no fate except that. We, I mean, that's a cool tattoo, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well, it is, it is until, you, until you realize where, where it's Where is from. it? Yeah. Is it all around her face? Does she think is, there is no face except that which we make for ourselves? <laughs> she thought she had to then, yeah. Up, moderate, moderate, modify her face. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I will get back to you on that. Okay. Jack, any tattoos? No, none. If you did have that tattoo, what would you get? Oh, like something safe, you know. We will not go quietly into the night. (laughs) Yeah, kick kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Or just like, you know, one of those, you know, when people try and make a sculpture or a tattoo of someone and it's really grotesque and bad, like they did that Ronaldo statue, Mm. like one, one of those of Jimmy. Which it was Steve Hiller slash Will Smith's uh, wingman who yes. dies yeah. in the first flight sequence. The Rev. So okay, let's get into it, guys. Pros and cons. I guess I'm going to start off by asking you your favorite scenes. Look, there's so many favorite scenes. I will say, and maybe this is a spoiler for how my vote vote will go. This was my favorite film growing up, like without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Um, the the speech is amazing. I mean, I I, I don't great. know it all off by heart, but I'd say I could give it a pretty good shot, you know? Yeah. Um, and The President is amazing. Like, Welcome to Earth is a great scene, but I have to say, I always, I genuinely do find it such a funny scene and just so silly and enjoyable, which is when um, the other Air Force guy thinks that... Um, Miller's friend is Hiller's friend is proposing to him in the locker room and it's such a good scene and like I think it is because he 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 kneels down I think to to tell Will Smith about that booty Um, but then he Will Smith drops an engagement ring and then he picks it up and holds it up and then this guy sort of walks down but it's it's mainly because I don't know whether it was funnier in the 90s as well because we didn't have gay people in Ireland then you know like we didn't know they existed um, but I don't think it's I don't think it's at all a homophobic joke um, because I think it's very much like the guy walks in on the two of them what he thinks in a proposal scene yeah. and he's just very much a sort of he's, oh sorry you know he's, leave he's, to it. he's, he's yeah. the living embodiment of the don't ask don't tell policy <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. and I just think I just think it's a very light and and charming scene it is and it's but it's also like it's really. It's really artfully shot in some ways. And I don't mean like the shot yeah. opposite, but you don't realize there's a joke in there until like the very last minute. And then it's yeah. just, it comes and it goes really quickly. And last night when I was watching, I, I properly laughed out loud with it. I don't know whether that's like, <laughs> that may be revealing of my own pure sense no, of humor I don't, more I mean, than anything I, else. But. I absolutely know that like when I saw it initially, 
like as a nine-year-old, like roared with laughter, probably <laughs> acted it out in school the following day multiple times, you know? I would say to great hilarity, but, you know, at that stage, I think I was still playing on my own in the yard, so... The movie does, though, the movie does sort of bend over... Both parts. Bend over backwards to, like, to get little bits of comic relief in. Like, there's another scene uh, where Jeff Goldblum's talking to the guy in his office, and it's that quote where he's, he's like, I, I gotta call my... Gotta call my I gotta house, call my lawyer. My sister, my <laughs> housekeeper, my lawyer. Oh, forget my lawyer. <laughs> it's just, it's totally, it's not like the setup is not a sentence anyone would ever say, but they're still like, no. we got to shoehorn a joke in here, however and hard it's that, it may be. It's, I'm pretty it's, sure. It's that kind of good, clean, fun comedy yeah, of the yeah. 90s. Like me and yeah, Kate, my wife, were watching this last night. Don't we all hate lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interestingly, interestingly, trivia. I, I, I have a trivia alert. Um, so the actor who played that uh, character, I can't remember the actor's name or the character's name, but he originally said, fuck my lawyer. And they dubbed it over in the edit really? to avoid getting a higher um, PG-13 uh, or whatever. So there you go. a very unusual voice. And that's because he has uh, kind of a, a, a diff- something, I don't think it's something wrong with his vocal cords, but there's something different about his vocal cords that effectively mean he has a double voice. Cool. And that's why you're hearing that sort of. Can he can he harmonize with himself? I, I don't know. He's not a Mongolian throat singer here, but it's um, <laughs> very that. cool. That's very Mongolians cool. hate lawyers. Another, <laughs> another another line that made me laugh again. It came out of nowhere. Was uh, when they're on the plane. I think Jeff Goldblum's dad says, "All you need is love." John Lennon, smart man, shot in the back. Very sad. Very sad. Very sad. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I love it. I love it. He's a great character, actually. He's great. Any other uh, favorite scenes? Yes. Yeah. Um, the uh, the iconic scene uh, of the White House blowing up. Yes. And and that being the high point of the whole sequence of destruction uh, when Jeff Goldblum's um, timer runs down and the aliens actually attack and you know various landmark buildings around the United States are destroyed, including the White House, obviously, but the Empire State Building and so on. Um, partially because it's just really visually impressive yeah. and has also stood the test of time. So they, they shot, they, they built this replica White, White House uh, and blew it up and shot it with kind of different speed cameras and stuff to kind of capture it in, in such a way that it looked like a convincing explosion. And I think that it kind of speaks to the way that this movie was made at a really perfect time before CGI was the default setting for yeah. all action movies yeah. and then therefore looked incredible at the time but then dated that movie really yeah, badly yeah, yeah. thereafter. So a lot of, a lot of this, I think it was, there were the most miniatures or models made for any movie in the history of the world uh, for Independence Day because a lot of it was mocked up. Now some of it is dated nonetheless, like the first sequence where the plane fly, where the uh, spaceship flies over the moon looks like someone yeah, yeah. you could see it's it's so yeah. bad it looks like someone is making a drama about a fake moon landing and they want you to definitely know this is a fake moon landing it's, set. it's, it's, it's like it's like someone's pocket dialed you and their camera's on that's kind of what it looks like <laughs> there, there is something i was listening to the rewatchables uh, podcast episode about it and somebody made the point that because so much of it isn't cgi so you know the welcome to earth scene there's something really tactile mm, about yes. the mm. monster because that is somebody has created this gooey monster yeah. and apparently they were using gallons of KY jelly is what they use to make the monsters, the aliens so gooey. And this is a question I have. Why are the aliens so gross? (laughs) They are pretty gross. And do the aliens think we're disgusting? Are they like, oh my God, they're these hairless creatures. Where's all their jelly? Yeah, look at at these flesh sacks. I mean, I I don't know. I wonder, is it just an element of making them the bad guys? But I do remember also thinking that, like, you're obviously not rooting for the aliens, but you do have a lot of respect for what the aliens are doing. You know, like the aliens are cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, they communicate telepathically. So their ships, yeah. But. Yeah. but it also speaks to the very binary state of kind of movies in the 90s. So like, you know, when you watch District 9 and it's like, just because something is ugly doesn't mean it's evil. Let's yeah. think that yeah. a bit. Whereas this is just like, look at these gross killers. I, I think they're kind of crap aliens in a lot of ways, particularly when they're in their biomechanical suits. You know, the way they have like, yeah. like a smaller alien inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's just a mess. It's like, you know, there's tentacles flying everywhere. Like, it's not like a kind of you know, H.R. Geiger really menacing and psychologically yeah. disturbing yeah. alien slash aliens, uh, otherworldly nemesis. <laughs> it's, it's, just a, it's just what, like, a child would draw if you asked them to draw <laughs> a scary alien. Yeah. The reason they made them, like, so kind of far from a human is they wanted, they didn't want the audience of the sense that it was just a human in a suit. So mm, they had okay. to go for, like, a totally non-humanoid 
shape, hence all the tentacles. I like how you don't, and it's something I think if the film were being made for the first time today, this would be different. But I like it. You don't really know that much about the aliens at all. There's great economy there. Yeah, like you don't have there's to, no lore. Yeah, you don't have to explore their civilization or anything like that. It's just they're there. They're bad. You know, they're coming after us. There's exposition. And, and very, it's very quick. I love it. Not, not to skip ahead, but one of the questions that Michael suggested was, you know, if they were to make this movie now, what would they, what would be different? And I think that would be one of the things that would they would ruin. They like they try to make it kind of gritty and poignant and meaningful on another level yeah. and you know give this kind of you know hinterland to to the aliens and expand on all the the characters uh storylines which are all fairly shallow and fun and meaningless yeah and they would in doing so kind of ruin it like you know the way the dark knight kind of did that with 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 batman successfully i think they would do it and ruin i think it, like. i think if that movie is made for the first time today like 100 percent. firstly it leans much harder into the climate change thing and there's definitely oh, a, yeah. there's definitely Ugh, politics there's a flashback where the aliens destroy their own planet through single-use plastics and it's basically us you know what i mean that's 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 definitely what you get today yeah, yeah there would be an excess of meaning whereas one of the things that's yeah. most attractive about this is that it's just it's yeah like it's more or less just it's a sugar rush uh, it's a chewy. disaster movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> having having said all that uh it is funny watching it that like the, obviously there's a couple of female roles in it but it's you know at the end when um, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum come back smoking the cigars in the desert which is very cool and their their women are waiting for them but like I was eight when it came out and that's like the way every film was yeah, it's yeah. like you know you, <laughs> yeah. you wait for your man to come back from the war so <laughs> I, I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, like, you just realise why your brain is the way it is. It's, Michael, you said recently, you know, you understand why Americans feel so patriotic because every movie they watch is like, look at these Americans doing these cool things. Yeah. Like, you're like, this is why men are the way they are. Mm. <laughs> when you oh, see yeah, them. we all wanted to be Will Smith or, you know, if we couldn't achieve that, Jeff Goldblum, you know? Yeah. And Jeff Goldblum was probably more realistic, wasn't it? Getting sick in the, in the, on the plane and everything, would that be you? Yeah, and just muttering in the White House corridors, you know. <laughs> this is the first film I can really remember where you do get a sense that things are happening on a global scale. Like, it, it does a really, yes. really good job of, like, pulling stuff together from all over the world, mostly in, you know, major cities in the US. But, like, you get a sense, you, all these people come from all over the world, you have a sense of where they are geographically. There's, there's, there's this feeling that uh, it's a much bigger movie than you've seen before. Now, I do have a bone to pick with this, right? Yeah. These movies, and the sequel does it as well, have got to stop being like, and now we're in Egypt. Look at these simple people in their turbans. As they, <laughs> yeah. and, they, and now look at these Buddhist monks in Nepal as they gather round the wireless. Like, it is shocking. And Everyone I, I, is ululating. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Paris, France, the noise of ululation spreads across the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I think Independence Day has the best movie president. Is President Whitmore? Like, is there a better movie president than President Whitmore? I think he's the best. I think he's the most handsome. <laughs> I think he's, he's got is, the best hair. He, I mean, sorry, he is a president, but he's a fighter pilot who belongs in the air. <laughs> I mean, you know, it goes back to that whole American patriotism nonsense. That is so freaking cool. He's great. Like, yes, Harrison Ford ends up in the air. You yeah. know, and <laughs> yeah. defeats some people. But also, even Harrison Ford in Air Force One, and I think he's great as a movie president, but he's still just this old guy yeah. just wandering around a plane. No, I think I think Bill Pullman is the best movie Whit- president. Whitmore's got it going I, on. I, I, I made a note here when I was watching it. President enjoying it way too much. I think that sums it up. He is so sexually excited from start to finish. His wife dies and nobody is like, oh i think she's internally bleeding we're not going to do any investigative surgery or anything and she will remain conscious and lucid to the end uh say your goodbyes that's fine um he bounces back very quickly uh he's up in his flight suit and he is determined to make his daughter an orphan apparently his small daughter he is insufferable all i would say Anya, is that from 2016 to 2020 we had a president who was enjoying it way too much who was sexually excited for the entire thing and i think at least this time there were aliens. Well, there's a there, there's a question. How do you think Trump would handle it? What if what if this happens on Trump's watch? What? How does that go down? Trump would have said he's going to make a great deal with the aliens. I mean, we'll get on you to yeah. yeah. The aliens are geniuses. The aliens are very very clever. Turn out he 
he'd had an affair with one of them or something in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. fathered an alien child, a love child, and he'd done Don't it. talk about Baron like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the aliens just wouldn't be as pushed to come here. No, I think I actually think you're I think you're right. I think you bring them down to Mar-a-Lago to try and make a deal. You know, he'd have them there. They'd be, they'd be, that was be what dolphin. got taken away in the boxes by the feds. <laughs> yeah. he'd, he'd be... He'd be <laughs> He'd be holding one, he'd be doing his weird handshake thing with one of those guys in the big suits, yeah. like pulling it really yeah. close and it'd be trying to get away. You know those photos like they when they're both in those like Queen Anne armchairs pretending to negotiate? Yeah. Like, sort of the aliens just there yeah, with steepled oh. fingers. <laughs> the fingers are moving. The thing is though, it actually could work out for the best because if they try to do the thing, if they try to read his mind like they did with Whitmore, they suddenly see all the stuff that's going on in Trump's mind that we all suspect is there. And I think very quickly it'd get very awkward. You know, they'd be there at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> they'd be like, uh, uh, Mr. Trump, uh, we, we, have, we have to go now. Uh, I forgot we have to be at another planet uh, this afternoon. <laughs> um, yes, we, we have a thing on. We have to get to a thing. <laughs> How do you think Biden would deal with us? Um, oh, he'd, he'd, he'd look, he'd do his best, you yeah, know, he'd he work would. really hard and he he'd would. do his best to have a bipartisan like, he'd, he'd, he'd use some folksy insult to dismiss them. He'd call them like a bunch of putzes or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I think um, Biden is actually a pretty good movie president. He has the look. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he does. does yeah. He does. He does. He's got that kind of mid middle distance stare thing going on, which maybe maybe dementia may not be, but like <laughs> no, the thing I find very upsetting is like when you see him, he's quite impressive, and you see like a flash of the young man, and then he turns around, and you're like, oh, oh the back of his head, the yeah. back of his head is the oldest the... thing in the world. <laughs> it, it used really to be, is. it used to be Prince Philip's face that was yeah. the oldest thing in the yeah. world. I think that I think they moved that on when he died. They had to move it to it's the like Voldemort's face. <laughs> <laughs> we uh we've lived our our young lives relatively free of like major disaster up until covid right so you know you've seen a million disaster movies of streets lying empty and this was our first taste albeit you know from the comfortable perch of watching netflix of seeing a disaster unfold yeah like has that lessened the impact when you watch these films or like has it changed your I, outlook on, on I a think disaster? it makes me much more optimistic like i think you know all these films if you watch like outbreak or whatever there's like rioting in the streets right whereas actually mm. people kind of just got on with their Michael, sourdough and if stuff. covid had a 98 percent fatality rate yeah, i would have true. shot you in the face like <laughs> Just, just, just 20th of March 2020 just as like a precautionary measure yeah people whereas in real life what people just bought a lot of gin and toilet paper yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I, I yeah. and tin fruit I still have my tin fruit in fact I can see it from my perch yeah Jack I moved house uh during the pandemic and I threw out some of the early supplies one of which we had purchased was some powdered soup which in, and I don't know what we thought was going to happen that we're going to need to have that we're still going to have a kettle but this is the kind of sustenance we're going to need I mean a slightly thicker liquid see you in the apocalypse with no kettle snorting lines of powdered yeah. but there was a sort of a, do you remember at the start of there was a lot of the supply lines are good it was like they're saying that because they're not good and yeah. It's like when a chairman unveiled. says that a football manager's job is safe. <laughs> you know, you're like, well, these go. Mm, get the suit. Mm. I mean, I will say, like, Will Smith in Independence Day is so cool. He's, He's so, so cool. amazing. It is Will Smith at his best best in terms of just bombastic he's, like, he's amazing. action hero he's so like yeah. there is no one i'm sure jack you can probably tell us other people considered for the role but uh, uh i, I can't no no but i do have a little bit of trivia on this in that the um the director uh was very firm that he wanted an african-american actor for okay. this role okay and uh is said to have encountered some uh resistance which he surmised to be on racial grounds to this but stuck to it uh and the film is generally credited with kind of launching will smith as an mm. entity uh that was kind of above and beyond where he was previously which i thought was really interesting because you will smith was so ubiquitous that like when even though i was only nine when this came out nine or ten um, like I was very aware of Will Smith, but I, I yeah. doing my research, I looked at IMDb and like beforehand, it is pretty much just the Fresh Prince. And afterwards, he I think he did Bad Boys before this, but afterwards, it's like all the big this ones is, that he's known this for. This is peak Will Smith. So basically, you had like the biggest movies around the world was was I think Harrison Ford's so or crossover eighties and nineties did Harrison Ford, and then Will Smith basically just took it and ran with it. So he had Bad Boys, he had this, he had Men in Black, and then Enemy of the State, which is kind of the one that actually he's a. Like, you know, the others are all like blockbusters, whereas anyway, say it was like, okay, this guy's a mm. seriously good actor, you know? 
Um, but is there a more charming? No, there's no more charisma. He's, he's got unbelievable no. charisma. It's incredible. Michael, do you remember when we were in college and we were watching this film and we paused it at one point because Will Smith has his head turned yeah. and he's got, I don't even know, I mean, I don't have this muscle, but it's in his neck. He's got like a pipe. Basic, he's got a pipe. It's basically like a pipe running down his <laughs> yeah. neck. And I think it's just because he's ripped. Yeah, it is. But uh, we paused and we're like, what is that? I think we put our necks out trying to find out what it was. Sweet neck pipe on that Will Smith. But it's it's one of the it's one of the interesting things about the sequel, which has his son Dylan, uh, which they tried to kind of reinvent as Will Smith 2.0, and he just like you can give yeah. somebody all the lines, yeah. but there's something that he has it's that's unbelievable. Just so hard yeah. to replicate, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it's, well, it's while we're talking about it, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, can we get any crack out of that assault? Any, anyone have any? <laughs> I mean, it, I feel like it's been discussed on every single podcast. I feel we are a little late to this story. Several Michael. months ago. <laughs> My only thought is, I think he probably would have got away with it if after he'd hit Chris Rock, he said, welcome to Earth. If he shouted that really loud, <laughs> I think people would have been like, okay, okay, it's a bit, it's a bit. Yeah, that actually would have been good. Yeah. You're right, you're yeah. right there. Yeah. Star quality. Uh, but it's, a, but it's, a, it, like, it's an ensemble cast as well, which is another yeah. thing about disaster movies. They often are ensemble casts, aren't they? Yeah, like deep impact has like the, the, there's no one star as such. No, there's several big name actors. Jeff Goldblum is incredible in it. Guy's like, so he's good. He's just so watchable yeah. as well. And very handsome. You know? He's very handsome. Also, for for an actor, very I know, handsome. I know Jeff Goldblum is sort of a living legend, but like he was so number one and number two highest grossing films of the 1990s. At that point, were Jurassic Park and Independence Day, and you just wouldn't, you know, he's not <gasps> trivia, trivia, crossover trivia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Deploy trivia. He, uh, he, <laughs> he, um, I'm not sure whether this is ad-libbed or not, but he reuses in Independence Day one of his uh, lines from Jurassic Park. The line is, must go faster, must go faster. Yes. And it's when he's lying on the back of the, of the truck, yeah. I think, in uh, so Jurassic Park being chased by... Off? Did, did he see like Arnold Schwarzenegger having success with his I'll be back and decided I'm going to get my own? Who knows? I, I suspect that. I mean, Jeff Goldblum. He's a, he's a bit like Bill Murray in that, like he has these kind of peccadillos yeah, that he yeah. that he enforces on the wider world by virtue of just being famous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there, I I think there's a lot of heart in it as well. Like the you know when they have him and his father Julius playing chess in the park, and it's, it's yeah. not it's not all aliens and guns. You know, there's some no, there's some fashion. stereotypical <laughs> Jewish behavior too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do have a criticism of Jeff Goldblum in the film, though. So he You're calculates wrong. he calculates that there are six hours left to 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 checkmate, and he decides to convey that message to the White House by driving the four hour trip to from New York to Washington. Like it's not efficient, you know, for a tech. Yeah, genius, no, it's not. It's awful. You know. But I so, think isn't it, isn't it that he's no way of getting through? Like because he's he's persona non grata with his ex wife. Like he, what does he? But he then raises her on the phone yeah. within minutes of arrival, and he like another thing that if they if they shot it today they couldn't get away with is like the fact that he pulls up like what looks about fifty feet from the White House, puts some sort of device on the roof of his car, and then picks up a phone, and yeah. no one shoots him. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the other thing is like. So, so his ex-wife won't take calls Super from him. Times. But he, but if he, if he drives to outside her work, then he, then she'll speak to me. <laughs> you know, like that's how <laughs> things work. He's <laughs> really encouraging some stalkers there. Yeah. But I think we we talked about this on Jurassic Park as well, which is that like you you know you you get to know Jeff Goldblum, you get to know Will Smith, like you do care. Like there's yeah. good stuff behind. It's just not all the action. There's so much chat yeah. in this yeah. film, which yeah. is great, which is what makes it good because it raises the stakes as opposed to just you have your blowing up stuff and then you're like, oh my god, what is but happening? They, but they also and weren't then afraid to some kill nerds people. Come and, oh, absolutely not. No. Yeah, like yeah. my therapist, he's <laughs> killed off yeah. way too early. Yeah. The first lady. They, like so, there is genuine menace. Yeah, when you're there are stakes. Like First lady goes down. Yeah, that's that's rough. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does disentangle uh, Bill Pullman slash President Whitmore from any uh, involvement other than being the best president. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. He's married to the country. Jack, if if something like that happened, like, where would you want to be? Like, journalistically speaking, where would you want to be? covering that from you know do you want to be Area white house do you want to be on the streets do you want to be like I what's your jack it's probably the shoe shop on grafton street isn't it okay. <laughs> right at the center that's of the your action. sweet spot <laughs> right at the soul of things 
yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, like covering stuff that's exciting in real time, unless it's you know global cataclysmic, um, you know, Earth ending, is remarkably boring. There's a lot of just like waiting around, and you know, particularly during COVID, when we're like the government was shutting down the country and all the rest of it, it was just like sitting in a room waiting for these three guys to turn up and start talking at us about what was happening. Um, so I would hope to be. On the front line, I would hope to be uh, up there with Tiffany, the stripper, um, you know, getting footage of the, the thing opening up and uh, meeting a hasty and early demise, but doing so or in the main... beating a swift street down the stairs before the... Yeah, I'd get out somehow, yeah. Sorry, um, just to come back to it, actually, uh, you know, the stripping scene, when you look back at it, it's just so gratuitous and again, <laughs> so 90s. And the fact that an alien ship has landed and the strip club still opens. Yeah. That's it's when just, we needed most, Anya. It's gonna be your it's gonna be your grocery anchored retail and your strip clubs. That's what's open. And that's our essential workers. Yeah. And that would have been the sort of thing I would have found unbearably awkward as a child watching it as well. You know when oh, she yeah. says, Oh no, I'm an exotic dancer, and I was like, What's an exotic dancer? <laughs> anyway, but you know <laughs> Yeah. But in the sequel, do you, do you guys know what job Jasmine has? No. No. President. President. So they don't let her just be a really successful stripper. She's now a doctor. Oh, right. Why couldn't okay. they just let her let yeah. the woman? Yeah. Talk? She had no shame about it, and I think it's yeah. actually a great character. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Empowering, but yeah, she dies. Not, not empowering enough. Apparently, she dies in the second one early on. Does she? Jesus. Yeah. Is there any chance that she was dressed as a doctor though, as part of her routine? <laughs> Is that I'm just offering that as just in her defense? Maybe she was still a stripper. Uh, and they've, they've 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 kind of updated it, you know. So Doctor Oaken has a has a has a boyfriend. Okay. Doctor Oaken dies. No, he's, dead. He's, he's in a coma. He's in a coma for twenty years. What? Oh, God, his back. poor boyfriend. His poor boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. And then the boyfriend dies in the sequel. Oh. Yeah. Like Doctor Oaken is objectively dead in that. Like I mean, they. I they think we're going to say Doctor Oaken is objectively very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> or or like get really annoyed and be like, no, he's straight. He's straight. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I, do, I do think it's interesting because it's so cowardly as well by studios and stuff. Like, why didn't they make one like Liam Hemsworth? Liam Hemsworth, isn't it? Or yeah. Hemsworth? Oh, yeah. yeah. But why is he not gay? Like, they, yeah, they yeah, kind of, they, yeah. they're always skirting the edges. Oh, no, let that mad scientist be gay. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to have Will Smith suddenly <laughs> be gay. That's the old man. Yeah. 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 Like, I want to see... What do you want to see, Anya? Gay action. <laughs> <laughs> Tell who... Who and what do you want to see? Do they not have a sex scene between Dr. Oatker and his, and his boyfriend? <laughs> with, with one of his delicious pizzas in the background. But I just, I just always think it's like, and then they have a female presence, but like she's an impossibly attractive female presence. Like, show me a, a, like a 75-year-old woman as president. <laughs> these, a, these alien movies need to have more attainable uh, stereotypes. I just, I just get so frustrated. It's like the way like Kelly McGillis wasn't allowed in the Top Gun sequel. You know, I'm just sick of it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Mm. yeah. Show me wrinkles. <laughs> rich and pure yeah um <laughs> sorry that was my uh this is my manifesto i think you should set up a production company to show me wrinkles <laughs> i think i think we're getting to final judgments guys and i also think i know which which way this is going so uh i guess we'll go to we'll go to jack first jack legitimate like yes uh yes a thousand times yes um and i hadn't watched it in probably 10 years and watched uh about half of it last night and just really enjoyed every part of it. Uh, a legitimate like, legitimately good movie, uh, undimmed by time, and indeed space. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's going to be a, a slam dunk, 2-0, legitimate like. It's, this was my favourite movie growing up. Um, I haven't watched it in years, but I still feel like I could certainly take you through most of the movie. It's so great. I've definitely watched the speech and I like I, sometimes I'll just start saying the speech to myself, you know, no matter where I am. When you need a little boost. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know like mankind, Michael. That word should have new meaning for us. I always make sure to start off with the two good mornings because you know he's not the mic isn't working yeah. properly or the megaphone isn't working. Good morning. Good morning. He's just got a great voice as well. What's mad is as well is like that's just then reprised in real life, you know, when George Bush went to nine to Grand Zero and the, mm. and they couldn't hear him. And they're like, yeah. We can't hear you, George. And he's like, The people are gonna hear I hear you. The world hears you, and soon the people who did this, they're gonna hear us too, you know. So uh, he's a good movie president. Yeah. George Bush. George <laughs> George yeah. George W. Bush. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. that would have been a better role for him. Yeah, movie president. Yeah, I mean we're movie at movie the stage now when we're like, God was God wasn't he great? Yeah. You know? <laughs> good old W. 
There is a predictable, normal Republican president. Um, but yeah, look, it's a it's a great film, and I um, I must watch it again soon because it's just yeah, it's it's got everything you want in a film. Um, a handsome president who flies planes. Will Smith being proper Will Smith. Jeff Goldblum. It's funny. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a great film, and it's a absolutely legitimate like for me. Producers, I presume you'd have been voting the same way. Yeah, I mean, it's eight thumbs up. Sorry, I'm counting all four of us, not not just me. I don't have, like, an issue with my hands. I thought, but, uh, I thought it was an alien joke. <laughs> it's your biomechanical suit, I think, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. It's, it, I don't know if there's a more fun film. There are better films, but I don't know if there are more fun films. And certainly, there's no film that, like... That, that you know you any at any point you flick on the TV and you know you're 20 minutes in you're an hour in you're gonna watch the the rest of that film you know it's great mm. it's great I love it they don't make them like this anymore on you yeah that would be my I, I miss the days of a good clean let's make a few jokes about lawyers and my mother-in-law <laughs> came for Christmas and she's still here and the snow on the ground still kind of sort of thing the turkey's very dry like you just miss that sort of just good clean honest to god films do you know what i mean yeah 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 bring them back great film it's 25 mm. tentacles up from me no no oh my um jack thanks so much for coming on the podcast i hope you've enjoyed yourself oh, my pleasure i've had a great time thank you for having me i was trying to think of an appropriate um independence day quote to say you won't go quietly into the night yeah, I mean, if Jack wants to go quietly into the night now, I think it's only fair that he does. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. You could say, hello, yeah. boys, I'm back. <laughs> Just get that audio. Yeah. That's a great death line. It's actually, it's such a, it's such a tearjerker of a thing. Like, I don't know, I, I, since, since I've had kids, I've turned into an absolute sap. Yeah. And anyone, yeah. anyone like, like if a child is in danger in a movie or like if a parent yeah. dies... And like, you know, the way he says, tell my kids I love them very much. I watched that. Actually, today I watched that scene and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, I, I went on to watch the speech and I didn't get to watch the speech before we started this Zoom call. Because the first thing that was on the YouTube homepage was a video of a baby who was born profoundly deaf, having just been given hearing aids for the first time <laughs> and its parents speaking to it. And it heard it for the first time and started crying. And I was like, well, obviously, this is what I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> what always makes me cry is the opening scene you know where they have the plaque on the moon we came in peace for all yeah. mankind that, mm. just, that just gets me right in the and, and that's when yeah. all the credits are exploding as well every single opening credit explodes at you it looks and like it's such I, bad CGI yeah, yeah. it's such bad yeah. CGI yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what might be I mean it can't be a favourite scene but it's the favourite one second of the movie is during Whitmore's speech at the end he says, today we celebrate our Independence Day. And they all start cheering. One guy throws his gun in the air. And then you get a salute that nearly took my eye out watching it as a child. It's the greatest salute by an extra of all time. Like point of trivia. Final, final, final point of trivia. Final point of trivia. Final point of trivia. And you'll love this, Hugh, uh, being such a devotee of the, that speech. There wasn't supposed to be cheering. But Bill Pullman's delivery was so good no that the, the extras, the extras <laughs> cheered. And that is something that I read on the internet. I haven't fact-checked it. Oh, I've just no, reproduced it. Because I don't want to know it. if it's not true. And a lot of the cinematography afterwards would suggest that, it, that it's not true because like, there's that zoomed-in shot and all the rest <laughs> yeah. of it. Suggests they're waiting for a cheer. But I, I like to think it's true. Jack, I hope nobody clips at you being like, I haven't fact-checked this. Because I feel like I'm coming back to haunt you. <laughs> and I don't care. <laughs> I wonder, was that extra saluting the entire time because obviously he doesn't know when the camera's going to be on him so did he just keep ripping off yeah. that you got a repetitive strain injury it's quite a... i'm sad that i'll never get to do that in my life salute <laughs> just just, yeah, just to... yeah maybe I i'll start rolling that out in work and stuff yeah 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 thanks jack so much for coming on hopefully we'll uh, we'll get you back uh where can people find you jack uh, you can find me for abuse and and feedback on twitter um or you can find me most days in the pages of the irish times yeah, and absolutely. Uh, or on this podcast, listen to Jack as well on the Irish Times podcast when he makes his appearances there. And, uh, and also, if yeah, you as... get get some more hot takes on 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 Jack's reporting of a of of a global catastrophe, there's uh, your best selling book, Pandemonium: Power, Politics, and the Pandemic. Did I get it? I got it right. Ireland's pandemic, almost. There we go. Michael, there we go. On <laughs> we'll sh- fix it in the edit. On shelves now. 
punch it up in post. <laughs> on, on still at least one shelf in one bookshop somewhere <laughs> yeah. in the country. Yeah. Is that just because all the others got sold out? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a bestseller. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks, Michael and Anya for producing. Anytime. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Legitimate Likes. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and watch Independence Day again, or at least that speech anyway. And uh, if you'd like to let us know what you think, please tweet us or message us on Instagram at Legitimate Likes. You can also let us know topics you might want to hear in the future and just let us know how you're doing. You know, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from our fans. So uh, we'll see you very soon. Goodbye. 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 Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.